It's the 5th of November, 2022. This opportunity now is the chance that we have to train our minds so that they gain peace. With our minds, um, all throughout the day that's passed, they have received many different sensory experiences. And the mind shakes and sways with those and that's what happens if we don't train it. With an untrained mind, peace won't arise, and wisdom won't be there. And if wisdom isn't there in the mind, then this mind will have suffering arise. So when the Buddha awakened, he also knew this path of practice. And he taught that path of practice too, to us. He was the Sata Deva Manusanan, the teacher of all devas and humans. So when we train these minds to have peace, we need a foundation of sila, or virtue, there supporting it. It's like how the monks chant silena sukhatingyanti, that the sila is a vehicle that gives rise to happiness of heart. And if we have the sila, then whether we're standing, sitting, walking, lying down, then our hearts will be happy. Because we're not harming anyone through our body, through our speech. Even though there may be thoughts of harming, there still can be this intention of harm of ill will, or there can be delighting there. But through the mindfulness that we have, we're able to maintain control over our hearts. And we have enough um, samadhiti, this right view, to do that. So the benefits of sila are immense. We can see that there are many things, many flowers, for example, that have a fragrance to them. But that fragrance can only blow following the wind. But the sila, the fragrance of sila, it's able to flow against the wind as well. And it lasts for a long time. So like the sila of Lady Visaka or of uh, Anandapindaka, or of many, many of the lay men, lay women during the time of the Buddha, they were well-founded in this virtue. So like Queen Samawati, for example, um, she was well-established in this sila. She listened to the Dhamma from one of her attendants who brought flowers into the palace. And she took the sila, the precepts, from this lady and then listened to the Dhamma and attained to Sotapanna. So this quality of sila, it has incredible value. It's very important. Because if people aren't established in this, then chaos ensues. 
It's like how they say that if Sila doesn't come back into this world, um, then this world will turn into a disaster. So if we don't harm ourselves, we don't harm others, then peace arises. And perhaps the different precepts that we keep, um, the number of those uh, differ. So for the monks, 227. And then different numbers of precepts for the bhikkhunis and then novices and samaneris and the matches, nuns, and also for the laity. So when we come to practice the Dhamma, that on normal days, normal occasions, we keep the five precepts. And then when we kind of attend a retreat, then we can increase those number of precepts. And we don't have to be so concerned about eating many meals. And that gives us time. Also, through that not eating in the evening, the body is light. And we don't have the problem of heaviness and uh, the torpor that comes through um, having dinner. And so the benefits uh, of that sila are apparent for us. And it's also that foundation for us to build up our calm, our inner peace. So the Buddha taught the many benefits of this virtue. Even just keeping these precepts for one day and one night gives rise to great benefit. So the workers and the people around uh, Ananda Pindaka, um, they all kept these eight precepts. And there was one person who came uh, and was a new worker for Ananda Pindaka. And he worked very hard all day. And he saw how everyone else was keeping these eight precepts. So he thought that on, on the Lunar Observance Day, which it was that day. And so he thought that he would try it out as well. So he had the faith to do that. But there was a lot of painful feelings that arose in his body due to an illness that came from the imbalance of the wind element. And people tried to get him to eat food. Uh, to get rid of that illness, but no matter what they said, he refused. Because he was holding to these precepts, and in the end he passed away. And through the benefits of that sila, uh, then he was reborn and became a palace uh, official, someone kind of high up and working for the king. And so this is the paramata uh, barami of sila, kind of the highest level of sila, of accepting death in order to keep the virtues. And all of the arahants, they have this quality of virtue as well, um, developing this barami, going between uh, lives as humans and devas, um, keeping these precepts for uh, many, many kalpas, many eons. And so there are great benefits, there's great value that comes from this. And when we offer sangha dana, 
and then we have these we keep these precepts we ask for the precepts first so even though there may still be these feelings of hatred or of greed arising in the mind but we don't follow those we perceive the danger of those and we look after these precepts and when we do so then the precepts the sila comes to take care of us and some people even accept death because they don't want to break any of these precepts so when we practice in samadhi sometimes we'll have states of samadhi and sometimes we won't sometimes there'll just be a small amount of samadhi but no matter what the case we keep that foundation of sila and we persist in this practice make it even and we all know how the benefit of samadhi is the arising of wisdom and the sharpening of that wisdom in allowing us to perceive how there's no me there's no you and there we meet with emptiness and this wisdom then allows us to keep our sila in a more thorough and complete way so there was someone who was um being chased by uh criminals and no matter where this kind of individual fled to these criminals would follow uh, through the karma that that person had made so eventually this individual went to a monastery and the monk suggested that he keep the precepts the five precepts and said that if it's necessary for them to kill you then just need to accept that and so this person was um intent on keeping these precepts and in the end even though he did die his mind was in a very bright state because he didn't respond to that violence in kind um he didn't kind of fight back and so through that sila you know he was born in a good destination a happy destination due to that firmness of sila and when sila is firm then the result of that is the arising of samadhi the mind being firm as well and sometimes you also need to really forbear too to have this high level of kanti to have this mindfulness and wisdom to not fight back so for the perfectly self-awake and buddha and that for many many lives he cultivated this barami of sila uh to the highest level he had this forbearance he had the virtue to not fight back so like one life uh that he was born as an elephant and devadatta uh that life was born as a hunter and so this elephant uh was shot with a poisoned arrow uh by the hunter but the elephant uh hadn't yet died but because he was intent on keeping sila 
he didn't harm, and he accepted this death. Because Devadatta, as this hunter, was wearing the robe of a monastic, and this elephant had very high respect for this robe, and so wouldn't harm the hunter, accepted death instead, and paid that um, sacrifice as his homage to this robe, and paid homage with his life. So with each life, the Bodhisattva had this Sila Dhamma, and looked after that, like the life that he was born as Buridatta. And even though he was tortured to a very great degree, he still uh, kept the Sila and endured with that. So for us, sometimes we meet with very strong emotions, very intense sense impressions. And we should recollect the Buddha and how he had created all of this sila, how he had been firm with that. So we should try to practice in line with what the Buddha has taught us. Because what we want is to know the Dhamma and to see the Dhamma. And when samadhi becomes firm, then this becomes easier. The great kanti, the forbearance that we once had, uh, reduces because we have that peace of mind. And so these sense impressions aren't able to gain entry into the heart. And then we have wisdom that allows us to contemplate to some degree. Sometimes greed arises, sometimes aversion arises. But through this sati panya, um, then we can hold those at bay, seeing the mind is just the mind. And it's just this greed, hatred, and delusion um, that's appeared within the mind. The mind has created those. But none of those are me. It's just avicca, is ignorance, that is conditioning the mind to be like this. And so we see the mind is just the mind. This body and the mind comes from this greed, hatred, and delusion. It's this jitta, sankhara, this conditioned mind. It's not a being, not me, not you, not an individual, not other. Now these things are just not there. That they aren't there, and we are not there either. Just these things are just the creations of ignorance. So if this wisdom is there, seeing these things for what they are, then we perceive that the mind is merely the mind, the body is merely the body, feelings and the Dhamma are merely feelings and Dhamma. It's not me, it's not them. And through this knowledge then the mind becomes purer little by little, just like the waxing moon. And in the end, the sila becomes pure as well, because we don't have that intention there. So this intention is sila itself. So during the time of the Buddha, uh, there was a 
lady that had a lot of uh, barami. And she became married to a hunter. And she would help to prepare the weapons of this hunter uh, before he went out uh, for the day to hunt. But she never had any intention to harm or to kill while she was doing that. And this is quite amazing uh, that she was able to put down all of that intention. And so the Buddha exclaimed that intention is sila itself. But then following on from that, uh, this hunter listened to the Dhamma and became a Sotapanna as well. And this lady, um, his wife, uh, became a uh, Sakatagami. So we see the benefits of generosity, the benefits of virtue are immense. So may all of us put in our efforts, may we all be sincere in this path. As generosity and sila, it's something that we do consistently. We have the faith there in the perfectly self-awakened Buddha. And we also have very good teachers who can guide us, who can point out this way of training and of practice. And if we follow those instructions, um, then samadhi can arise without difficulty. And it's really not above our ability for this to happen, for samadhi to come up. And then from that, wisdom arises, vimuti, this liberation arises. You gain freedom uh, from attachment. And this happens little by little, until eventually sila, samadhi and panya gather together Uh, the path gathers in a state of harmony. And then we will know and understand and see the Dhamma, attain to the Dhamma. So may all of you set your hearts on this.